Hey, everybody, Dennis Prager from the free state of Florida. Let's have cheers, Sean. Cheers for Florida. Uh, a standing ovation. That's correct. You know why it's free? And California isn't, and New York isn't, because it's run by Republicans. Never has the clarity of the utter, unbridgeable, moral gulf, intellectual gulf, honesty gulf, scientific gulf between the left and right been clearer than through COVID. That's right. Basically, the states run by the left lie to you, and lock you down. Bad combination. Play, play the spectacular fool who is the mayor of New York City, Mr. de Blasio. Play him uh, for, for us, please. Our youngest kids, we got to reach them now. Right now in the city, it's about 20% have gotten vaccinated in that 5 to 11 range. It's new. The vaccine's relatively new. But what we're trying to say to parents is it's urgent before Omicron grows, before Delta continues to stress us even worse in the winter months, uh, get your kid vaccinated. And here's an incentive to do it. A lot of parents, of course, want to take their kids out to wonderful things that will be happening in the holiday season. Here's a reminder. Get your child vaccinated. Just one dose will immediately qualify any child to be able to participate in those activities. But look, I'm a parent, and I remember vividly when my kids were going to school, you know, you don't end up in a situation where a child is left unprotected. I, might, I urge parents really strongly, get that vaccination. It's safe. It's been proven. Here's another incentive to do it. So it's one dose for children, but two now for adults. Is that right for the program? We're going to be phasing in two for adults as of December 27th. Yeah, get your kid vaccinated when the, according to the CDC... Which uh, I, I, whose figures I think are scientifically unreliable and inflated, but I'll use them. Between zero and eighteen years of age, up to November twenty seventh of this year, starting January fourth, twenty twenty, a grand total of seven hundred and forty one died 741 let's put that in perspective all ages 779,401 so what is 700 into 800,000 we'll round it all over 700 into 800,000 also the overwhelming number, if not all, of those kids had comorbidities, some other disease or something that profoundly compromised their immune system. Compare that to the number of kids who were hurt by the vaccine, who were perfectly healthy, who had no comorbidities. And I think you are a fool to vaccinate your child. Okay? And you will know you were a fool later on in life. I hope you live long enough, and I mean that. That's not sarcastic. To repent of the foolishness. Hopefully your child will not be hurt. But uh, 
de Blasio is a crackpot. Virtually every Democratic governor and mayor is a crackpot. And that's what we're living in. And I'm in Florida right now, a free state, not run by crackpots, not run by panic mongers. Yeah, your kid won't be able to do a damn thing in New York City if you don't give them a vaccine they don't need. Get it? That's that's quite something, isn't it? How's that? It's so disgusting. It is so disgusting. But, of course, here's the thing. Almost nobody in New York City knows what I just said, how incredibly rare it is for a healthy child to die of COVID. It virtually doesn't happen. I believe more healthy kids have died of the vaccine than died of COVID. I said healthy kids. Right? That is that is what the data suggests to me. You are going to give your child a vaccine he or she doesn't need because de Blasio won't let your child go to a movie. And here's the killer, as I proved to you yesterday with regard to the University of Pennsylvania swimmer. They don't know the left, no no leftists and most liberals don't know what we know we know everything they know but they know nothing of what we know because if you put up what i just said you will be shut down by facebook or twitter that's why so they they have no access to this information they live in the world of the lie, Every, almost every liberal and all leftists. They don't know it. They don't know it. Now, at Twitter, they know it. They know that they suppress all information they differ with. So they lie intentionally. Facebook lies intentionally. Google lies intentionally. But the average leftist and average liberal has no idea that they are denied access to truth. The example I gave yesterday was dramatic. University of Pennsylvania just won a, the women's, uh, the women's swimmers won. Uh, I don't remember who, which, uh, which university they, they played against. They won, and they won because their lead swimmer is a male who identifies as a female. And that's why they won. And this, uh, this transgender individual shattered almost every NCAA record for women swimmers, which is not that hard to do if you are a male swimmer. (laughs) Pretty good, eh? The guy's a cheat. Leah Thomas is the name, L-I-A. He's a cheat. She's a cheat. They are a cheat. Z is a cheat. Any pronoun you wish, use. University of Pennsylvania cheated. Why wouldn't it? It's a left-wing university. So what is my point? My point is I Googled real time the name Leah Thomas, L-I-A Thomas. Not a single mainstream media source came up with the story. Not one, not the New York Times, not the Washington Post, not CNN, not MSNBC, not NBC, not ABC, not, not CBS, not PBS, not NPR, not AP, 
not not Reuters. Nobody reported it. But every conservative who listens to anything or reads anything conservative knew it. We know what they don't know. We know kids don't die, healthy kids don't die of COVID. But the average New Yorker knows nothing about this, nothing. Because they live in a left-wing bubble where no outside information is allowed in. And they think they're worldly. That's what most cracks me up. So, just wanted to share that with you. The de Blasio statement based on nothing. Why doesn't he tell New Yorkers the truth about the likelihood of your child dying, if you have a healthy child, dying of COVID? So, anyway, as I said, I'm in the free state of Florida because it's not run by Democrats. How about this? All the crime in the country that is taking place, the staggering rise in, in homicides and theft, thanks to the left again. Right? Simple. Because, listen to this one. Here's a statement from Black Lives Matter on, uh, on crime. Let's see. George Floyd's murder, this is from uh, Los Angeles Times, so it's a left-wing source. After George Floyd's murder by a Minneapolis police officer, well, I guess they can call it murder because that's what the jury found. I don't believe he murdered him. I think he killed him. It's not the same thing. And nobody claims it was, well, that's not true. The left claims it was because of race, but the, but the prosecutor in the case didn't even mention race because it had nothing to do with race. This has set off alarms among activists who led protests want to see progressive justice measures enacted and hear echoes of past eras when they believe the overhyping of crime led to over-policing and excessive incarceration. I'll give you the BLM statement on defunding police when we come back. 1-8 Prager 776. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul With a good cup pipe and a button nose made Why do I suspect soul. that America was in somewhat better shape when Frosty the Snowman was popular? So anyway, I was uh, telling you about... 
the world of the left in which they live, right, where kids need vaccines and where they believe that if you have fewer police, you will have less crime. You understand? I mean, it's up there with men give birth. And it's fair for a biological man to compete in women's sports. These people are, are, are crazy. They're crackpots. Not just bad, they're, they're crackpots. They're trying to move us backwards, said Melina Abdullah, co-founder of Black Lives Matter Los Angeles. This is the L.A. Times. We don't want to move backward. We want to move forward. Abdullah called Avance Killing. Remember this, this uh, woman uh, in Beverly Hills, 2.30 in the morning, shot dead in her home? She called Avance Killing horrific and appalling and said Black Lives Matter mourns with her family. But, she said, officials must not be allowed to use Avance death or recent property crime to push for more policing, cash bail, or other tough-on-crime measures that, she said, have been proved not to work. Is that amazing? I told you, without lying, there's no left. I mean that literally. I swear before my holy God, I believe that if truth prevailed, there would be no left. They are based on lies. This is a lie. It's been proved not to work, really. More police, bail, tough-on-crime measures don't work. Wow. Tell that to New York during the Giuliani period. We need to think about what kind of economic desperation actually creates property crime and how do we get people out of that state, Abdullah said. How do, create, how do we create livable wage jobs? How do we create affordable housing? Oh, do you get it? The reason those mobs rob Nordstrom's and Gucci and Fendi and all the other high-end stores is that they don't have a livable wage. Again, it's the old leftist idiocy that poverty causes crime. And what about the woman, Avant, who is, I think, 80-year-old woman, murdered in her house? Was that by a guy who uh, did not have affordable housing? That's the issue? See that? You didn't know that, did you? People murder innocent people because they don't have affordable housing. And the Rockefeller Foundation gave tens of millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter as did uh, so many other of our big companies. Well, those are not companies. Rockefeller and Ford Foundations are left-wing charities, which is only a punishment undeserved by Rockefeller, somewhat deserved by Ford, but, but not fully. That's right. Abdullah also warned against accepting claims about crime that may not have a basis in reality. What, what kind of brain comes up with the idea that more police is not helpful in fighting crime? 
Homicides are up. This is, again, the L.A. Times. Homicides are up 46.7%. That's 50%, essentially, compared with 2019. 50%. Shooting victims are up 51.4%. As the end, as of the end of November, there had been 350 homicides, people killed by other innocent people killed by other people, compared to 355 in all of 2020. But 2020 is is also a terrible year. You have to compare before before that. There have not been more homicides in one year since 2008, which ended with 384. Well, we'll see how we end in, in L.A. Well, let's, let's listen to a professor, because, as you know, they're always filled with wisdom and insight. Jonathan Simon, a criminal justice professor at the University of California, Berkeley's Law School, and author of Governing Through Crime, How the War on Crime Transformed American Democracy, and created a culture of fear. Oh, my God. The title alone tells you you want to read that book. The War on Crime Transformed American Democracy and Created a Culture of Fear. You get it? So you have more to fear from the suppression of crime than from crime. That's how you, that's how you get to be a professor at Berkeley. Yeah. He said, all of this shows how potent the political value of crime is. Oh, it's the political value. That's what animates us who want more police. The politics. Not because we want fewer people murdered. No, the politics. Well, what's this genius's name? Jonathan Simon, a criminal justice professor at UC Berkeley. Okay, Victor Davis Hanson, because this is on Skype, so I got to make sure you're there. There you are, my friend. Thanks for your yeah. patience. Thank you, you. You are the man we go to. You have a, a PragerU video on uh, on on the Japanese attack on on Pearl Harbor of today, and today is the 80th anniversary. What do you yeah. think, Victor? Uh, what do you think if if I if I said Pearl Harbor to the average senior in high school? in the United States, do you think they would know what I'm talking about? No. I'm sure of it because I've talked to students of all different... If you'd said the average senior at a named college, I would say no. And (laughs) uh, I would say to the people who did know about it, they would say either we egged on the war to the degree they were half-educated and say, well, we, we cut off their oil and we went to war about oil in the Middle East, supposedly, so they did, had no choice. Or it was part of a racial war uh, that had been going on against Asian peoples. But no one would say we were attacked at the time of peace by an aggressive and cruel empire. Yes, that, yeah. that, that's why we have your video up, uh, which is so important. Every parent listening should have their children or grandchildren. We owe a moral debt to the people who were uh, who were killed how many how many died at the pearl harbor do you, do you somewhere between yeah it's somewhere between 2300 and 2400 and two waves of japanese surprise attacks 
What's amazing about Pearl Harbor was how strategically inept it was on the part of the Japanese and how tactically it was sort of brilliant getting there 4,000 miles in radio silence in the middle of winter, uh, on the onset of winter. But it was a strategically stupid thing to do because they had no idea of the capability of this country and we'd mm-hmm. proved it in World War One, And so within three and a half years of that attack, we had more ships than all the navies in the world put together and we had an economy in terms of GDP that was larger than the Soviet, British, um, German and Italian economies and Japanese economies, all put together. So that's what they incurred. And uh, one thing I, we pointed out in the video, Dennis, very quickly, is that Admiral Yamamoto is not the tragic, sympathetic, uh, sympathetic haiku poet uh, artist. He was the person who demanded that they attack Pearl Harbor at a time of peace, or he would resign. He was the one that was worried that the Japanese army might uh, divert its attention to the British and Malaysia or which they did, or go right. into Russia and help the, the Wehrmacht. He wanted I want to con- Victor, I want to continue that in a moment, but, but I have to take yeah. a, a quick break. Forgive me. This is truly significant, and, and see his video on Pearl Harbor. Today's Pearl Harbor Day. Yes, and that's the man I'm talking to, sort of a legend, Victor Davis Hanson, and probably so. And we're talking about his video and the whole issue. Today is the 80th anniversary. So there are people who are living who remember it, but not many. It's quite a while ago, 80 years ago. So you were talking about it being a brilliant operation, but if I may use my word, and tell me if I'm wrong, a foolish one. No, we're not, we're well not hearing carried that out. Part. Okay. Yeah, oh, Tactically, yeah, we're, not, your, we're now fine. Yeah, yeah. Tactically carried out well, but it led to uh, a disaster for the Japanese because they were already engaged in a quagmire in China. Now they had both the British because they attacked Singapore the next day and Malaysia, and the British and Hong Kong, and they had the British and the Americans, the only two combatants in World War II that were capable of fighting a two-front war. And they paid a terrible price because they created such righteous anger. Uh, in the United States with a surprise attack on a Sunday morning without a declaration of war. And they did not have the ability to hit the United States continental mainland and destroy our industry. And we surely did have that potential. And the irony, Dennis, just to finish very quickly, is that when they took out eight old battleships, damaged four and sunk four or five old battleships that were built before 1920, uh, they didn't realize there was an entire new fleet that was already being built of new, sophisticated battleships and carriers. And by, you know, early 1943, it started to come online. And that that navy of Essex carriers and North Carolina Iowa-class battleships uh, was the most sophisticated navy in the world. It would utterly destroy the Japanese Imperial Navy in just three and a half years. So it really, Victor, it really remains... I feel silly even saying this because it might just be a massive lacuna in in my in my knowledge. But I don't know. I never understood why they did bomb Pearl Harbor. What, what is the ultimate reason? I think they had been deceived because Germany had invaded Poland since September first, and our two closest allies, uh, France, had collapsed in May of nineteen forty in seven weeks, and British the British people had been bombed relentlessly during the Blitz, 
and they figured that the United States had not lifted a finger and it had an army about the size of Portuguese, the Portuguese army, and then uh, they felt that uh, the Russian, the German army was right outside Moscow on December 7th. They had already stalled, but the German, the Japanese figure that was temporary and that they were going to win and the war was going to be over. Europe was over. The only only combatant alive, they thought, with the, the enemy was the British, and they wanted to get in on the spoils as quickly as possible. They thought it was a done deal and that we either wouldn't intervene and retaliate or if we did... Uh, we would be faced with soon Germany and Italy and Japan and no Soviet Union, so they thought that, that it would be a wise move. And people, to be fair to the Japanese, people did not uh, trust Yamamoto's idea that um, he could take out the entire fleet and then we would concede. It's kind of a myth that he may or may not have said, I can raise hell for <laughs> six months, and then I, I don't know if he said that. Right. He's but it didn't matter. It was his idea. He threatened to resign if he didn't get his way. And so this idea that he was a strategic genius and that he was killed by American pilots and a hit kind of hurt their chances, it probably helped Japan that he was no longer admiral because he he, he botched the Midway uh, campaign as well. He divided his forces. So this idea that he was a pacifist or a reluctant warrior and he was a strategic genius is completely not founded on fact. Did the did the Japanese ambassador to the U.S. have a reaction that you know of or that we know of? Yes. I mean, he felt he apologized, but he had the 16-part message, and he was a willingly... The idea was to stagger the... Uh, his messages were came in part, so we had decoded them, but we didn't quite know that when they were going to attack. We knew that the, it was going to be when rather than if, but... His whole point was to synchronize his uh, announcement after Pearl Harbor. He was not going to declare war before Pearl Harbor. The whole point was, you Americans made it impossible. In fact, it was worse than that, to have peace. It, he was engaging in last-minute peace negotiations as the fleet was on its way to Pearl Harbor. So it was a ruse. And he knew that? He knew that. He acted like he didn't, and he acted as if he was regretful and that it was too bad that the parties hadn't uh, come to agreement. But everybody said, well, we cut off oil to Japan. We didn't cut off oil until July 1941, and this is after they absorbed uh, half of China, and they had taken French Indochina from the Vichy French, and, of course, they had enslaved Korea. So it was very late that we finally decided to have sanctions, and yet the revisionists say, well, you know, we kind of deserved it. We cut off their lifeblood, but they... They, they didn't really, that didn't really bother them. That wasn't because we cut their oil off, because they had already planned to go into the Dutch East Indies and take over all the Shell oil field. In fact, there was a lot of Japanese very quickly, Dennis, that said, the Netherlands is orphaned now. It doesn't exist. It's under German occupation. France does not exist if we just go in and take the Dutch East Indies, and we've taken Southeast Asia, and we'll take British Malaya and Singapore, and we will bypass the Philippines and Pearl Harbor. The United States won't fight, and we'll have all of our all of the possessions and national resources, and we'll only be at war with Britain, who has no chance of winning because they're facing this continental German occupied. All right. Empire. So, in in the minute left to us, tell me, can, can you give me one huge lesson we should learn from Pearl Harbor? Yes. Deterrence, deterrence, deterrence. Deterrence means that the enemy does not do something stupid 
and attack you because you have warned them that the retaliation will be so terrible that they won't, they'll regret it or they won't exist after. And that's based on two things, military power and then spiritual toughness and the ability to use that power and also being unpredictable rather than being predictable. So they thought we were predictable, they thought we were weak and thought we wouldn't attack and unknowingly we lost deterrence. Your work is great, Victor Davis Hanson, and the video of Victor Davis Hanson is up now at PragerU about Pearl Harbor, whose memory we we commemorate today, Pearl Harbor Day. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Dennis. The Dennis Prager Show. So de Blasio, the mayor of New York, said if you're a kid up down to five years of age doesn't get vaccinated they can't enter any indoor place in the in the city right nature magazine july 15th so that's uh five uh, get your five. kid vaccinated and here's an incentive to do it a lot of parents of course want to take their kids out to wonderful things that'll be happening in the holiday season Here's a reminder, get your child vaccinated. Just one dose right. will immediately okay. qualify any so, child. So, so here is what this ignoramus who loves power like every Democrat. That's all. It's only about power, folks. It's about two things. Their love of controlling others' lives, which is endemic to all leftists since Vladimir Lenin in 1917, and their fear. They do. They genuinely live in fear of life and of death. That is a major characteristic on the left. That's why they fear existential death. Biological life will be extinguished by global warming. They're out of their minds. So here's from Nature magazine. A comprehensive analysis of hospital admissions and reported deaths across England suggests that COVID-19 carries a lower risk of dying or requiring intensive care among children and young people than was previously thought. The studies found that COVID-19 caused 25 deaths in that age group between March 2020 and February 2021. 25. Half of those deaths were in individuals with an underlying complex disability and health care needs, such as tube feeding or assistance with breathing. So half of 25 is 12 and a half. Twelve and a half kids in Britain died in a year of COVID at most, at most. Now, one more thing to read to you. Of 3,105 deaths from all causes among the 12 million or so people under 18 in England, between March 2020 and February 2021, 25, as we reported, were attributable to COVID-19, a rate of about two for every million in this age range. Oh, and since half of them had comorbidities, serious health problems, it's now one out of every million in that age range. You're going to vaccinate your kid for the one in a million chance that they get COVID and die versus the chances of their being hurt if they're healthy by the vaccine? We continue. Okay, uh, welcome. You're in the war room. It's Monday, 6 December, the year of our Lord, 2021. We told you they were going to go through full meltdown. Remember, uh, there 
whole their whole thing now on the uh, on the authoritarianism is because the polling numbers they have are absolutely collapsing. December's absolutely collapsing. Build Back Better is absolutely collapsing. They can't get any relief on the debt ceiling. It's absolutely collapsing. It's total, complete chaos about how they want to try to run our government, right? Total chaos and all this orgy of spending. So what they what did they do? They pivot back to the authoritarian anti-democratic, where it's just the war room posse taking over billets all over the country, including up to 95. We had 95% in the Virginia Commonwealth Virginia election. That's why we won election officials, duly elected, duly volunteered. They're in total meltdown. But then to top it off, and we've been warning and warning and warning that America's always three months to six months behind Europe. And this Austria, what's happening in Austria with the mandatory lockdowns, the unvaccinated now on 1 February, mandatory vaccines in Germany heading in that direction. They're, they're going to put before the Bundestag in early February uh, legislation for mandatory vaccinations. De Blasio on his way out the door today as this show was starting, mandatory vaccinations for all companies. And, and they're going to go hard. They're going to roll hard in New York. Okay, this is mandatory vaccinations. Want to bring it back. So we had a show set up. We kind of try to reorganize it. We got a lot going on this morning. We're going to go through all of this so that you fully understand what's going on. But hey, just remember, we're winning. That's where they're melting down. Okay, they're in complete and total meltdown right now. Poor Mika. Poor Mika. Pat her on the head. Say, Mika's going to be fine. Okay, it's all going to be good. Dr. Naomi Wolf, you've warned about this. Your beloved New York City. The irony of it, it's in New York City, the greatest city in the world, the capital of the world, the capital of the world's financial markets, culturally, all of it. And uh, and and de Blasio, he actually they've been watching the war room. So they don't want to they don't want to follow Europe by by three months or six months. They want to get ahead of it. It's coming here to the United States. Mandatory vaccinations on twenty seventh December. I think some people, I think some companies going to have something to say about that in court. But he just comes out today with a proclamation. Doctor Naomi Wolf, are mandatory vaccinations? And I think he said from five years old and up, right? It was companies, but I think they're going to five years old and up. Doctor Wolf, is everything that you warned about now here in your beloved New York City, ma'am? Uh, I mean, everything I warned about is is unfolding in my beloved New York City. This is why this is such a surreal time. This is literally the first I'm hearing about this. I mean, I kind of slept late and I woke up to uh, being in a prison state. Um, you know, I went to sleep last night without this being the news of where I am literally broadcasting from. And now I, my, the wheels are turning like, what does this mean for my family? What does this mean for me? What does this mean for, you know, people I love? Um, so this is, you know, truly terror. And if you had, if we had tried to tell people a year ago, it will be terror unless you stop this now. And this is what terror looks like. But terror looks more and more and more terrifying as it as it picks up gravity and momentum, as we see from Europe. But, um, yeah, this is it's surreal, as I always want to say at this moment. It's also unscientific. I'm going to say this again and again until they kind of drag me away. Um there is no evidence that unvaccinated people are more infectious than vaccinated ones. So vaccine mandates don't do anything, right? Um, if the hospitals are not overrun, uh, there's really no reason to have a vaccine mandate because all the vaccines apparently do, and only for like two to three months now, is protect people from severe uh, hospitalization and death. Um, but even those numbers are kind of unspooling. Uh, you know, we're seeing the same 
death rate overall in 2021 with the vaccines that we saw in 2020 without the vaccines. So I think everyone has to kind of take whatever pill, you know, red, blue or purple they need to take to realize that this is theater and it's it's theater masking, you know, standard issue totalitarian terror. Okay, let me go through. The president of South Africa, I think, came out yesterday and said they're not changing anything in South Africa. Uh, de Blasio specifically called out o- Omicron, Omicron, but Omicron right now, the data hasn't come in. Uh, and, right. and, and most of the people at least have come forward that we know appear to have had the vaccine, right, on transmissibility. So how can and a lot of people today, including some of the uh, war room, engine room, were saying, well, this is not legal. He can't do it. Did they, they don't care about legal, do they? I mean, they get jammed up in the courts, but these these mandates, these proclamations, these assertions, guys like de Blasio just do it. Is, is, that, is that how they roll, ma'am? Well, we're under, I mean, we're in a dangerous situation, as I say again and again, because we are under emergency law here in New York State. So there are things that can be done when the regular rule of law is suspended that can't be done Um you know, under under normal circumstances. So no, they're not lawful. And that's why, thank God, they're sane judges in the United States of America who are our tiny, like membrane of safety uh, and constitutionality between this barrage of illegal acts and, you know, us, all the rest of us. Um, and, and we're hanging on by a thread. I'm sorry to mix metaphors. Uh, they're completely unlawful. But that's why I mean, that's why this is such a fervent moment and such a dangerous moment, because these people now know they're unlawful, right? Court after court is saying these are unconstitutional. You can't do it. Um, And I want to talk about Europe. You know, the head of the EU just called for suspending the Nuremberg Code, the Nuremberg uh, Code, which prevents people from um, experimenting on subjects unlawfully. And she did that so that there could be universal vaccination, mandatory vaccination in Europe. So what I see is that, you know, the ringleaders of this uh, massive crime against humanity, what appears to be unfolding, especially as the BIAERS data, the, the adverse effects data come in as a massive crime against humanity, right? An injection that Borla himself said on video was highly risky. Um, they realize that they're, you know, they're guilty of a massive criminal act, a massive crime against humanity uh, with serious consequences. And so what I see is um, a rush to vaccinate everyone so there's no control group. I've said that before. And I also see a rush to hide the evidence and getting rid of the Nuremberg Code, which would lead, you know, lead people to be hanged, including media. I, I don't want to say that, like, but history just... That's just a historical fact. You know, people who were the Nazi doctors who did deploy these um, horrific policies, they were hanged, you know, under Nuremberg laws. And uh, we don't, you know, I'm not. D- Dr. Wolf, hey, Dr. Wolf, hang, hang on one second, because you brought up the other day. And I think I just want to take a, a minute. we got a couple minutes left here. But I want to go back to the Nazi doctors, because people think, oh, it's Joseph Mengele. And they're and they're and they're doing these bizarre experiments on, on human beings in um, in concentration camps, you know, uh, uh, Jewish civilians. Uh, Catholic priests, uh, gay people, all that. But th- that's kind of the end game. It started much more subtly, correct? That's what things you have to do. It, it goes much more subtly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that. And I really want to stress, you know, I'm just referencing history when I say that the people who engaged in crimes against humanity under the Nuremberg laws, codes were uh, were hanged. Um, but there, you know, these are crimes. You know, if there are crimes of negligence, crimes of violating the ADA, crimes of lying to Congress, um, you know, 
involuntary manslaughter, willful misconduct. You know, Dr. Henry Ely has 100,000 signatures for investigating CDC for willful misconduct. These are criminal offenses. So, yeah, I really do want to say because there's a lot of misinformation going around right now, and that's one of the reasons these people are freaking out. Everyone needs to read Racial Hygiene and the Nazi Doctors, and they'll see that years and years and years before there were concentration camps, which came, you know, pretty far along in the Nazi process. Um, and years before Mengele's infamous experiments, um, the, the game plan that we are seeing right now was being rolled out. Uh, medical uh, societies like the AMA now were being kind of taken over by people who were um, saying, you know, deny therapeutics to some people, you know, don't treat some people, identify some people as genetically inferior, and then withhold access to these people. Don't let them get food. Don't let them get medical care. Uh, neglect was a big reason a lot of um, people died under the early phases of uh, of the Nazi doctors. And, and, and all of it was medical experimentation. All of it was without people's consent. The, the kids who were taken away because they were, uh, you know, had, had birth defects or they, they were mentally not um, competent, they were identified as useless eaters. You know, they didn't consent. Their parents didn't yep. consent. And yep. we're seeing a rollout of, of going after kids with things they don't consent to. So there's no way you can't um, look at the parallels. It's not just the parallels. It's the same blueprint um, that the Nazi doctors used and that and that Nazi policy used, medical policy used, and that we're seeing yeah, today. They're trying, to make the, they're trying to make the unvaccinated now the, the, the untouchables, like, like in any of the untouchables. Real quickly, I know you're fighting. How do people get to your site to follow you today and your social media? Because I know you're going to have a big punch back on this. Thank you. Um, please go to dailyclout.io and support us. Your five and ten and twenty-five dollar donations are making the difference in life or death. For as we pass laws against laws to protect, and uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf on Telegram. Um, and yeah, please support us, and, and we're going to keep fighting to and free. Okay. Dr. Wolf, thank you very much. I think she's on Getter, too. Let's get her on Getter's where she can't be taken down. Dr. Naomi Wolf, shocking development in New York City today. Remember, though, we're winning their full meltdown about the engagement of the American people in elections, in school boards, and in the, in the uh, precinct committee strategy. Boris Epstein, next. <laughs>